It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, welcome to episode 199 of the three-point podcast. It's our first podcast of 2022. Our championship team includes Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association, and Z92.5 The Castle. Well, you know, some people are thinking that uh, we took a week off because Michigan lost. That's the furthest thing from the truth. We'll talk about that game a little bit. Really what we're doing, we took the week off because one of our compadres, Matthew there, uh, on a little maternity leave. So you got to bring us up to date on the new addition to the family. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep, he's uh, he's here finally. It's crazy how it seems like you know the nine months of the pregnancy it just flies by. Like for the longest time, it's like ah, oh, we got seven months, we got six months, five months. Yeah. It's gonna be gonna be a while, and then boom, he's here, and now he's already a week and a half old or whatever. So it's kind of crazy, but, but yeah, everything went really well. Delivery was fine. Uh, Mom is healthy. He's healthy. He's he's doing great. Uh, Claire is just loving being a big sister. So really, everything. Can't can't say we're thankful enough for everything going well. Hospital experience was great. The nurses, everything. Like really, I can't can't say enough. Everything went really well. The the one thing was I I did force him to watch that Michigan game with me <laughs> at the hospital, and um, luckily he was sleeping through most of it because it was it was pretty ugly. But but yeah, you know, super happy that he's here and just kind of chilling, soaking in all the these baby snuggles. When you're actually going through like the birth process one i guess are were you in the room when that happened and when it's happening are like what is going through your mind i just i honestly i can't even wrap my head around it, it it's 100 percent, and i'm not sure what ted's experience was but it, it's 100 percent something that i can tell you what it was like but you <laughs> it, it won't do it won't do anything justice until when or if you actually go through it like it's it's nothing you can like prepare for it's nothing like you can read a book about. It's nothing you can't go to classes. You can you can read all this stuff. People can yeah. tell you all of it, but it is just it's mayhem and it's um you know obviously you know fingers crossed everything goes well and there's no like crazy emergencies and people going everywhere, nurses in and out, uh, anesthesiologists, pedi- pediatricians in and out, and doctors in and out, and just then boom, the kids here and crying and it's like holy crap that was the most whirlwind experience. Like we got to the hospital at 7 a.m. on we were scheduled to go in at 7 a.m. and by he was born at 9:44. Oh wow! So by the time we yeah we got there, um, you know they start checking your my wife you know getting her plugged in and basically and getting the IVs checking her pull you know doing all that stuff. Right. And then it's you guys ready? Let's go back. <laughs> and then I get my like gown on and cap and. Boom, the doctors are in there, and then bingo, bango, he's here and getting cleaned up, and we're parents again. It's like, it's it's pretty wild. It's like, 
a pretty like surreal experience. You know, I wish I had a I wish I had a story to tell like that. I really do because when my daughter was born, uh, I missed out on that because uh, my wife at the time she uh, she had to have an emergency C section. So back in okay. in those days, you you know, I wasn't allowed in the operating room, obviously. So it. It wasn't all bad when you think about me being a sports guy because she was born November 20th. And I, I remember I, either the Lions were on or there was an NFL game on in the waiting room that I'm watching. Then all of a sudden I look out in the hallway and here comes my baby girl being wheeled down the hallway. So I, I kind of scooted <laughs> out of the room and say, hi there, Jessica. How you doing? You know, so I, I didn't have to I wasn't in the operating room at all. And I was going to ask you a question about this, Matt. I mean, did you did you snip the umbilical cord? I, I didn't with him. I, I did with Claire. I, I did the, the cutting of the cord, but um, we, we had to have a C-section with this one too. Ah. So because of that, yeah, I wasn't able to clip the umbilical cord, but well, I mean, I, I was right there in the room seeing, seeing everything happen. Pretty yes. crazy. What, what's that? That seems like, is that a, how does that, I, I've always wondered, how does that even work? Like they just point to a spot like, here, cut it right here. Or like, are you worried that like you could, do some damage if you cut too close or something how does that work i mean it, it's pretty wild I, th I think you know it's 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 crazy how it's become pretty routine yeah um i mean because it's it's still a major surgery i mean they're yeah essentially cutting the baby out you know not trying to get too graphic but that's basically what it is and but it's pretty routine i mean they they do a few of them a day they, that's what's amazing about these surgeons and doctors you know, like you go get, you go to Fast Eddie's and get your oil changed. It's basically like, it's like the, the surgeons and doctors. They just do this. It's what they do. It's their job. They know what they're doing. And uh, it's pretty wild to see because, you know, with your wife or, you know, your significant other laying there on the table getting cut open and then your, your baby's there. It's like, this is freaking insane that this is happening. And I'm like here watching it. It's pretty wild, so, but yeah. What's the best part about the new child on uh being here and then what's the worst part is it as bad as people seem to say like where you literally don't sleep is that true i mean jared i'm i'm gonna say this to you and i'm, a, I'm gonna sound like a wise, wise old veteran here it's all about perspective i mean yeah you know yes your sleep patterns change but these these few months and like weeks at the beginning only last for so long right and if right. like you hold you hold that perspective it's not that bad i mean yeah there's some long nights but you know what? Like I said, he's already a week and a half, week and a half old. So we're already like moving past some of those like super newborn moments. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, things change. But you know what? It, I, I think it's all about perspective. That's kind of, I mean, yeah, sleep has changed. If you want to say that's the worst part. Yeah. The coolest part is seeing um, our daughter Claire with him. She's mm -hmm. just like over the moon in love with him. Wants to like read to him all the time. Wants to show him all his bar her Barbies and wants to hold him and all that kind of stuff. So that that's definitely the coolest. Uh, that's fantastic. I mean, a, a great addition to the family and uh, the wife doing well. She's doing well. Yeah, she's up and walking around and she's wanting to like get out and go on long walks and stuff. And it's like, yeah, pump your brakes a little bit. Let's let's take it easy yeah. here. But now she's she's doing well. Outstanding. Well, again, congratulations. You know, future uh, podcast host. As soon as I ease <laughs> out, he'll be ready to go. And uh, yeah. you know we'll be looking for you know we'll be looking for him uh, forward to him on the courts and on the fields too because you know he's he's going to be a, an athlete you would think you would think he'd at least yeah, have I'm, a little influence anyway. I'm going to start throwing footballs at him uh, probably about next week. <laughs> no, just all you need to do, Matt, is you need to pull the Earl Woods, put him in his in his crib, stand in front of him, and just start catching passes. And it's yeah. like it's like it's just something that becomes part of his brain now. The second that he can hold his hands up, I'm throwing footballs at him. Well, that's obviously the big, big story and, and the real reason why we took a week off. Now, Jared, uh, you had to work on New Year's, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I got to throw this out in the catch-up portion. It, it's, uh, cars are just a money pit, man. They, they really are. <laughs> Here we go. It's, like, it's almost like this is like a Netflix like, miniseries or something like with a, a new car problem every freaking week we record. Okay, so... Heading to work, New Year's, uh, this is a couple days before New Year's, and I get in my car, and I start it up, and it was like I was, like, Batman, and it was, like, the stealth mode. If you remember the one scene in, like, Batman Begins, he turns on stealth mode, everything goes black, and it's, like, he's, like, untraceable. You can't see him in, in at the nighttime. <laughs> I got it into my car, and literally all it would do was run. No technology would work. 
the headlights didn't work. The blinkers didn't oh work. My. The radio didn't work. The heat didn't work. Nothing worked. I had no idea how fast I was going. I had no idea how, how much gas I had. But I could I could move the car. So so I get in it. And after sitting there and starting it up maybe 10 different times, hoping that maybe that the next time I started it, it would work, I, I called my mom. I'm, like, just so pissed. I'm, like, just ready to drive this car off a cliff. Because here's what annoys me about these new new cars is just get me from point A to point B. I don't need all the gadgets. I don't need the radio. All I need is I need to have blinkers and I need to have headlights. Honestly, if I had that, I probably would have never even took my car in. Regardless, okay, so now I have to get my roommate to follow me to the dealership when I'm driving basically blind. No one knows when I'm braking. No one knows when I'm turning on headlights. It's about a 20-minute drive. We live right off of a major, like, highway. So it's a super-duper busy four-lane road right where I live, where my apartment's at. Get to the dealership, drop it off. Oh, they're going to need it for five days. So now I'm carless. I have to work. You know, I'm working three, like, double-shift days right in a row, right at New Year's. So I need a car. So, of course, then I have to go over to Enterprise, rent a car. $600 later, you have to be 25 to rent it. So I had to get, like, another uh, upcharge of, like, 50 bucks a day. When it's all said and done, another $2,000 just got drained into my car, which Jeez. I just got two months ago. It's I was two months old. I just got new tires, I, and now I have to do this. It's like $3,000 extra dollars on top of the original price. Uh, I'm flabbergasted. I mean, two months old. I know it's a used car that you bought, but it's not that old. And I cannot believe that's the kind of customer service they had. First of all, I can't believe you had to pay $2,000. Second of all, I can't believe that the dealership, because you bought it at a dealership, didn't you? Yeah. So I can't believe they didn't give, I can't believe they didn't give you a car to drive. Here's the thing about, and everyone's like trying to act like I'm like some jackass with this car purchase. There are no cars to go around. When I wrecked my car, it was the most inopportune time. This chip shortage, whatever is going on with COVID, I'm not going to lie, I cursed COVID under my breath like probably four or five times. (laughs) Like, people act like I'm like some jackass and don't know how to like cars work, how warranties work. Like, everyone's like, oh, you should have a year warranty. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We tried to get this guy to budge on anything with this car. And when I say he was stone cold and he literally said, I could sell this car as soon as you walk out of these doors. Like, there's no cars to go around. So they are naming their price. Wow. They're not giving you any sort of, you know, extra deals, extra coverage, this or that. He literally threw in a oil change. That was what he threw in <laughs> when I bought this $15,000 car. So, like, there's just nothing I can do. I'm just kind of strapped with this car, and it just what happened. It's just a bad timing to get in a crash when I did, when oh. there's no cars to go around. Wow. But what was wrong with the car was, so when I got, when I got the car, it the like blind spot alert never really worked on it. Apparently, what was wrong was the wires that were for my blind spot alert were like corroding, and because of that, it made like the entire system fail. Hmm. And that's what I mean when I say it's like Ted, you, you're the old guy, you're yeah. not the biggest technology guy. <laughs> At some point, it's like the technology, it's like diminishing returns. I have all this technology. Like, stuff that I don't really care about, like a side blind spot alert. You know, if I go over in the lane too much, it alerts me. Like, just let me drive. And because of that stupid thing, I had to pay $2,000 because it literally corrupted the entire system. Wow. No, that that's rough. I, quick question. there You had no sort of uh, warranty from when you bought the car? No. That, and, you know, to be idle, at least, <laughs> this is going to sound bad. I don't think I did. I, I They didn't tell me anything. My mom is, like, so up my butt about this car. She would have told me if I did. Uh, so, no, I did not have any sort of deal on it. Yeah. Wow. Sounds wow. like Ted needs to go out and uh, get us some more partners for the podcast. Yeah, so you sounds can, like so it. You can pay for this car. Holy crap. It's like every time I build up a little bit of a nest egg, it gets wiped out by this car. It's like it's like three or four times in a row that that's happened. You, you know, uh, Matt, as you know, Jared and I go at it once in a while, but I really – I feel sorry for him at this point. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I, 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 I don't have much to say yeah. other than sorry when, to hear about it, brother. When I say I would drive a 1980s van to work every day, if it got me to, if I, if I could just drive it, I would do that. Like, I do not care what my car looks like. I just want it to run and I don't want it to be a money pit which is what this yeah. is turning into. It's like your boat, Ted. I, it's yeah. just, like, just give me a boat that goes around in the water. Yeah. I don't need all the gadgets. Just give me something that floats. Amen, man. Well, I'll tell you what, off air, I want to, I want the name of the dealership because I think we can mount a little, uh, 
let's just say, uh, internet uh, bombardment of terrible customer service. Because frankly, and you guys know, I'm in sales. And, and part of sales is, yeah, getting that order. But the bigger part of sales is customer service and getting repeat business from that customer. Are you going to go back to that dealership ever to buy anything again, the way that this has been handled? I would think not. I will never go to, if I had it my way, I would have never had to be at a dealership. Right. You know, it's, you're always going to get shafted when you go to, when you go to buy a car really anytime, anywhere. So I can't necessarily put all the blame on that guy. Uh, I just think it was, he had all all the cards. I don't know what the phrases I'm looking for. He had like all the leverage in the situation because there was no cars to go around. Believe me, I drove to like three or four different dealerships that day, and he had the best deal. And it, there was just nothing he could do to sweeten the pot. Well, next mm. time I'll hook you up with the Bart man. He'll hook you up with a uh, with it. You know, <laughs> because, yep. because this thing, I mean, obviously a two thousand dollar bill two months after you bought it. Who knows what's going to be next? I mean, it sounds to me like there's, I mean, what year is it, Jared? 2015. 2015. I mean, we got a 2015 Equinox. Haven't had one bit of a problem with it and bought it used as well, you know? So I don't know. Just bad luck, I guess. You never know sometimes when you buy a used vehicle. That's unfortunate. Maybe I did get pulled up. Maybe I did get one pulled over on me. I, you, I, I, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it past a dealership or that guy. It, it could easily be what happened. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, it's too bad yeah, to the, hear. The no loaner, not, not giving you a loaner car. That That's kind of a head scratcher. It really is. There, there's no cars like in the lot. I guess that's the, that's the crazy thing about it. There's there's no cars to loan. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was I was gonna say you know we can recap a little bit about uh, Michigan's performance in our catch up portion, but I think uh, we'll just uh, encompass it all in our college football talk. We're recording on Monday. It's the national championship night, Alabama, Georgia, and for those of you out there that thinks. Maybe we've been ducking talking about Michigan. Well, that's the farthest thing from the truth. And we'll get into that and also the Jim Harbaugh situation and a lot more right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, I kind of teed it up there, but, uh, you know, we did do our quick instant reaction videos after the game. I'm not going to comment at this point. Who wants to jump in and, and talk about that debacle? What the hell was that, really? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but in the few days leading up to that game, it seemed like Michigan, and this is no fault of Michigan because they've never been in the college football playoff. It just seemed like they were happy to be there. You know, you got the yeah. offensive linemen rolling up in – pit viper sunglasses and run the damn ball shirts pregame right you have all these other players you know taking these selfies and videos on the beach you didn't see anything like that from georgia georgia was a team on a mission that day and they were just flat out executing at a, at a level a lot better than we were with a lot better better players than we had I, I can't really blame the players it just felt like we were outmanned and outgunned and they were way more experienced than us uh i didn't i didn't think gaddis was i said it in the video i mean if he would have been Michelangelo with the play calling, maybe we would have had a chance, but he just was the classic vanilla Gaddis that we had seen in years past. Nothing really too crazy. No, you know, Donovan Edwards passes, just nothing. It just was like vanilla. Just We clearly couldn't run the ball. We needed something else, and we just didn't have it. Cade McNamara didn't look good. Just, just a disappointing game, but I, I guess the only silver linings was it was over as soon as the ball was snapped, so we didn't really have our heart broken, and it wasn't really like embarrassing. It was sort of like we just wanted to make it like go the. It was sort of like the Cincinnati game in a way, where it was like, hey, let's just keep it within you know three scores, not lose by fifty. We're not going to take any crazy chances. We're not going to go deep. We're not going to blitz a lot. Like let's just slowly lose this game. That's how it felt. It was just like they were trying not to get embarrassed, and they got embarrassed anyway. So just not a good game. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad all around. It was one of those that, especially now that we watch the game, I think everything for Michigan would have had to go right for them to beat Georgia. 
and it was the complete opposite. I mean, basically nothing went right for Michigan. And yeah, yeah, Jared, I kind of got the same vibe leading up. I mean, we kind of talked about it because of the long break. You could, you almost like forgot Michigan was in the college football playoff. And then, yeah, the, the week or so before, you know, he started getting a little excited with the teams showing up in Miami and stuff. And, and yes, 100%, I, cause I want to put myself in those guys shoes. If I was a college kid in Miami, for the college football playoff, I would definitely be enjoying it also. So I love seeing the players, you know, being college kids and having fun. But I, I was getting that vibe too. Like, man, it, it you know, I, I, it does almost feel like they're just happy to have beaten Ohio State and gotten a Big Ten title. And almost like we'll see what happens, you know, in the game. And, and obviously we, we saw what happened. But, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things too. Like I was – after the game, I was like thinking about it. It almost gave me like the vibes of remember 2018 against Ohio State, you know, like Chase Winovich and those guys, they went on that yep. good run. And we, we really started to think like, holy crap, with Shea Patterson and stuff, this is the year. This, this is a team with Winovich and Patterson and all those guys. They're going to beat Ohio State because we just went on this awesome run. And then we got our doors blown off by like 60. So it was almost like Ohio State reminded us, like put us back in our place. Like, hey, you're, you're not quite here yet. That's almost like what this game was. Except, you know, yes, we'd stepping stones. We beat Ohio State and won the Big right. Ten title. Now it was just the college football playoff, and clearly it was like, all right, yes, we got here, but Georgia and, you know, probably Alabama still on a different level. So while it was, like, awesome to get there, for sure, it was almost like a reminder, like, okay, yes, this team was very good, but not quite uh, on national championship level yet because, yeah, you, you could see it watching the game. Georgia was just basically at every position better and faster, more athletic, and just everything. So, you know, it, it was, it, like I mentioned, I was at the hospital, um, you know, with my son being born watching it. I was almost kind of glad, kind of like what you were saying, Jared, that it was a blowout because, you know, we were, there was some stuff going on, you know, doctors checking things, and I wasn't really having to, like, focus on the game. So, yeah. like, if it, was a, if it was a barn burner down to the wire, I probably would have been pretty distracted. But it was kind of nice. I was, I was kind of glad. Like, eh, it was just background noise. Yeah, I mean, I think we all agree that Georgia was the better team. We've heard that enough and saw that on the field. I was, I though was extremely disappointed by the, the you know, the difference, I guess, on that night. I think Michigan is, is definitely a lot better team than they showed. I, I don't think the Big Ten's overrated. I don't think Michigan's season, no, no. you know, uh, was, was just an anomaly. I think what Jared even laid out there, and, and we talked about it with Tony Anise on our last podcast. You know, Ferris State, they had been to the national championship within the last couple of years. They knew what to expect on logistics and everything else. The way Michigan yeah, handled right. it, I understand. These are college kids, and they want to have some fun in the sun and all this other side stuff that went along with it. But uh, maybe a little bit was lost on the fact that, hey, we're, we have a chance to be national champions. This isn't just a damn bowl game. This is a playoff right. to become a national champion. And I don't think they were ready. The players weren't ready. The coaches weren't ready. And, and they were outmanned. And it, it was it was so disappointing to me. And we all bleed blue. I mean, I'm over at my dad's watching it and completely, <laughs> completely disgusted. And can you imagine this? It's, it's the college football playoffs. After the third quarter, I said to my wife, come on, we're going home. We're going to listen to Brandstetter on the way home. Let's get out of here. And that, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even watch the last quarter. We're lucky, me and Matt, we're kind of lucky in the sense that we didn't, I'm sure you were, you know, sitting on the couch all day, waiting for the game, 100%. watching all the pregame shows, oh, yeah. you know, getting the food ready, getting the party ready, 100%. <laughs> only to have it over, over within about 15 minutes. The first score. Whereas I was working, so it was like, as soon as I checked the score, saw they were getting their ass up, I was like, all right, I'm not even going to keep watching this. <laughs> Matt had a kid, just born, whole, totally different perspective on life. Yep. Meanwhile, you're just sitting there. And really hell on earth. It was. It really was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like, when it came down to it, and we don't need to, like, blow it up too much, but the one thing that was kind of cool to see was J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards get in there and, like, make some plays. Because it was like, yeah, it was, you know, when the game was well in yeah. hand, backups were in. Yeah. But that was, like, the one thing it was like, okay, cool. This is, like, some guys that are going to be around for the next couple years. They're playing, getting experience in the college football playoff against the potential national champion. So that was that was like maybe the one bright spot. The one thing too that Ted you talked about maybe the, the coaches not being prepared or not having a good game plan. Right. You could see it, and you know the analysts were talking about it, and they talked about it after the game. 
Georgia knew what they had to do. They they were doing quick passes the whole time. They basically said we can't let Ojabo and Hutchinson beat us. Exactly. So they were quick quick passes, quick passes, quick passes, running the ball, you know, away from them. And you know, I saw some people say like Ojabo and Hutchinson they should have lost like some draft stock or something because they didn't play well. Sometimes like good coaching they just game plan around good players like that. I don't think those guys had like bad games. I think Kirby Smart and Georgia they just said. We, we can't do what Ohio State did and let Ojabo and Hutchinson smash our quarterback over and over. We got to get the ball out. And Stetson Bennett, I mean, I kind of took a shot at him the last time we recorded. Stetson Bennett had a hell of a game. <laughs> he I mean, he, he had the game that we needed Cade McNamara to have, and it just didn't happen. So, like, like you said, Ted, it's still an awesome season for Michigan, yeah. but it was yeah. a little bit of a sour taste. But you know what? It's kind of like, all right, let's build on this. We've got some momentum. And then, of course, what happens? The last couple of weeks, we're hearing about Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL. Ah, perfect. So it's just like perfect segue. Yeah, I'll, uh, hold on, I gotta. Sorry, I, I'll bring it back around to okay. Harbaugh leaving. Okay. I gotta throw this out there. I think we've talked about this on the pod before in years past. JJ McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, uh, one other young player. I think it was Andrew Anthony. Anthony about it right after the game. Yeah. They're doing the, and it's exactly what happens after every big game. Stephon Diggs, I think, was the very first player to ever do this. Then you see the Cincinnati player against Georgia last year. Uh, then you have Malik Taylor uh, for the Green Bay Packers, former Ferris State alum, who I don't even think touched the field in the playoff game for the Packers last year doing it. After every big game, it's almost like these guys, you know, who are so glued to Instagram and social media, and you tell me if you guys think that they're not like this. It's like as soon as the game is over, they don't care about the fact that they just lost. They're immediately thinking about – their Instagram, Twitter, social media following. So the very first thing they do is they set themselves up where everyone in the stadium can see them to quote unquote, watch the other team celebrate for fuel for next year. When in actuality, the only reason they're doing that is so they can post it on Instagram the next day. And sure enough, I tweeted out that that's what they were doing. And Andrew Anthony very next day, picture of him, McCarthy and Edwards. Uh, with some sort of tag on it about fuel for next year. I love these guys. You know, I'm glad they're in Michigan uniforms, but it just cracks me up that guys do this. And they act like we don't know what they're doing. But sure enough, people do fall for it, hook, line, and sinker, you know, quote, tweeting it. Man, these guys, I can't wait to root for them next year. Like, they they get it. These guys get it. Am I crazy for just, like, how much this irritates me? I think you're, like, half crazy. Because I'm definitely with you. They know what they're doing. They know that there's a billion cameras at that game and there's social media managers, there's press, there's media all over the field. They're going to be taking pictures of everything. So yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. They, and they, they stand three in a line because they know they're the, they're the big three freshmen. Like they, they 100% know what they're doing. That said, they could actually be genuinely going out there to try and soak that in. I mean, I think right. about it, you know, it, it would be kind of cool to sit there and be like, let's watch this unfold. You know, we don't know. One, we don't know if we're going to be back, so let's sit here and watch it. And two, yeah, let's, you know, maybe have some, take some, some, take something in and be like, look at this team over there. This is what we need to stride to do. But, right, they know what they're doing. They know there's going to be pictures everywhere, especially when they, like you said, turn around and, and post it to Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. So I think it goes both ways. I think, you know, there, there might be some genuine, genuine, genuinity gen <laughs> yeah right right whatever you know what the hell you that word is <laughs> there might be something genuine to it they're trying to soak it in but still they know they're gonna there's gonna be pictures everywhere of them they know what they're doing yeah i mean i i get what you're saying but i kind of lean with jared on this one and that's probably a little surprising coming from the old guy but remember i left after the third quarter i didn't need to soak it in anymore <laughs> i'll tell you that much and I, if i was a player i would be the same way hell if i'm watching this shit get me out of here i'll remember it it's burned in my memory you know we got to get better but yeah but you know if they get better it's kind of the same too jared and ted i I know you guys have probably seen it too that now a lot of times with basketball whether it's college or nba a a guy after a bad performance he'll be back out on the court shooting threes and free throws for two hours (laughs) and again like i said i think it goes both ways a dude might just be like wanting to get that bad game out of his memory, wanting to get some shots up, might might actually want to be getting some work in. But he also knows that someone's going to take video of it and tweet it out or whatever. So right, it goes both ways. They know what they're doing. I think, I think where it bothers me is when they feel the need to post it. 
Like that's when yeah. that's when it's just confirmed that they knew what they were doing. And and it's it is hilarious how they were like standing like three in a row, like the yeah. three freshmen. Like you like honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they planned that like in the pregame. Like hey, if this game goes south, like just be remember guys, meet on the forty yard line uh, to watch the postgame celebration. Uh, right. But as for Harbaugh, I don't know about you guys. I, I got a really really bad feeling about this, and this is the first time in all the off seasons that I've had it. It's just something about the jobs that are available. I mean, you tell me seeing Jim Harbaugh put on a Raiders hat or put on a Chicago Bears hat, something about it just, it makes too much sense. And you, and a lot of people are saying like, oh no, he's just throwing this out there because he's trying to get a better deal from Michigan. What about Jim Harbaugh has ever made you think he does it for the money? He took this bullshit deal in the off season. That was basically a prove it deal. He donated all of his winnings from that deal to the Michigan staff. Like, I just don't think he's driven by money. Like a lot of coaches are. And I just really do think that he's very, very interested in leaving for the NFL. Maybe it's not this offseason, but I really do think he's leaving within the next three years. Yeah, this is the first time that, kind of like what you said, this is the first time out of every year that Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan, we have to deal with this. Jim Harbaugh is the hottest candidate for the Jets, for the Broncos, for whoever. And every other year I've thought, nah, he's not going to leave Michigan without winning a Big Ten, without beating Ohio State, without getting some of those goals. And, you know, he, he did those things this year. I think he, this might be the first year that he's legitimately thinking about that. Like, Hey, you know, I, I have built this program. Like I, I never thought that he would leave Michigan in a worse spot than it was when he came in. And maybe he's sitting here going, you know what, with Jared's three favorite freshmen there that are chilling on the field after the game, like, you know, this program's in a pretty good spot for, whether it's Josh Gaddis or, you know, someone else to take over. I've, I've built this program up. This is good. I'm at, a, I'm at an age where I need to either, like, if I'm going back to the NFL, I need to do it now. Or, you know, I'm going to be at Michigan the rest of my life. You know, and I think, too, I really do wonder if the whole college grind, not that the NFL isn't a grind because it is, but college is legitimately a year-round thing. I mean, you're recruiting every single day. I, I wonder if that's getting to him, too. And dealing with the – I mean, he just had the best team – that he's had at Michigan get run off the field against Georgia because, you know, some of these SEC teams or other schools play by a little different rules than, you know, Michigan does. Maybe that's getting to him too. Maybe the whole recruiting thing. I mean, he's getting to the point where he's like, man, I'm busting my ass and I have a hell of a team and I can't even compete with Georgia. You know, maybe stuff like that's getting to him a little bit. You know, I I don't know. I, I think it's, he's probably is at like a crossroads or whatever, you know, where it's like, I'm either going to stick this out with Michigan and really, truly build something here. But I think he probably also wants to get some commitment from the athletic department. Let's pay my assistants more. Let's let our players do some more NIL deals and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's watching the Raiders. Um, I was glad they won because I'm, I'm hoping they win a couple more games and maybe yeah. get their interim head coach, the full-time head coaching gig. But, man, I don't know. Here, I, 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 I don't know. I was going to say, here's my thought on it. Um, okay. I don't know if either one of you guys have gone to the boss and asked for a raise. Have either one of you, you know, made that walk into the office, whoever your superior is, and say, hey, man, I need more money or I need a promotion. Has that happened yet? No. Okay. Yeah, not really. Not necessarily. Well, yeah. you know, I sometimes being the old guy, you know, I, I see things a little differently as I've gone through the whole rigmarole of business <laughs> and life. Okay. Now, hard great word, by the way. Yeah, rigmarole. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a this good one? That's going to be good what you're about to That's say. That's an old one. Uh, so, so think about this. If Harbaugh, and I'm holding out hope that he comes back to mission, but if Harbaugh wants to make the move, it's not going to be two or three years down the road. It's going to be this year. He has all the momentum, all the cards. Yeah. Last year, there wasn't an NFL team going after him. This year, he accomplished everything. He, he bit it. He, you know, Ward Manuel... I'll give him some credit. He probably had unbelievable pressure to get rid of Harbaugh after last year with the, the fan base they have calling for his head. That wasn't yeah. from us. We, we wanted to stick with him another year and see what happens. Harbaugh, you know, sucked it up, took that pay cut, like you said, Jared. I mean, everybody knows what happened. But do you think that uh, really went over well with him? He didn't have a lot of options last year. You know, he, he wanted to turn it around for sure. But... He didn't have a lot of options. So, 
you got to give Har- Harbaugh a lot of credit for turning it around. You know, he had the right coaching staff in place. They had the right attitude. They had the right players and leaders. And my God, if he's ever going to make a move to the NFL, it's got to be this year. He's got, you know, yeah. it's got to be. I mean, he's he's operating from a position of power. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. I mean, he couldn't be in a better spot. And I hope it. I hope he doesn't do it. I hope the Harbaugh that we think we know that just loves Michigan. And, you know, they're going to come to the table and give him Nick Saban type of money. Then then, then all will be good in Ann Arbor and the state of Michigan. But no, I, if he moves on, I don't know. I'm not going to be I, happy. I wouldn't blame, yeah, I wouldn't blame him if he moved on, to be honest. Right. I, I wouldn't even be angry. I would just be like, hey, you, you gave us your best effort. A lot of people didn't appreciate It's almost like Matt Stafford. You gave us your best effort. A lot of people really didn't appreciate you when you were here. We tried to convince you, you know, why you were why or could convince them why you were great. They didn't want to listen. So I'm not going to blame you for leaving. Uh, especially when it's just like when you really think about it, where do you think he has a better chance of winning a national champion or uh, just a championship? The NFL, where you draft a quarterback and you know you can basically turn around a team in one off season, uh, or Michigan, where you have all this NIL bullshit that the SEC basically is just operating at a completely different level than Michigan. Michigan never will operate with basically the flat out, we're just going to give you a million dollars to come here. They're never going to do that, I don't think. Uh, And even when you put together one heck of a team, you still have Nick Saban waiting for you or you have Georgia waiting for you. It's just like, I just feel like it's an uphill battle. He's basically like looking at this from Brian Kelly's point of view where, hey, I can go at this for 10 years and I'm still not going to be any closer than I am right now. So honestly, I really do think he is leaving. It's I just it's, I got like a pit in my stomach when I think about it. But I just it's just something about the tea leaves. Him admitting that he's interested. Once he admits that he's interested, what's stopping him from leaving? Now the cat's out of the bag. Like I just the jobs that are open in the NFL right now, whether it's the Raiders, the Chicago Bears, where he played for, where it's almost like the Michigan connection, where he has some loyalty to the Chicago Bears organization. I think those two jobs alone, if either of them offer him a job, he's leaving. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a friend that, that runs the Raiders, so he's got that connection there. He played for the Bears and, and everything you just laid out, so he's got that connection there. Both teams have, you know, the Bears have a young quarterback. The Raiders have an established quarterback, and they're going to yep. the playoffs, so they're, they're a good team. So, I mean, yeah, I, I could I could definitely see him leaving. I, I'm a little bit on the other side, though. I In, in my gut, I, I think he's going to stay because I truly think that he wants to, like, he, he wants he wanted to be like the Bo Schembechler, you know, basically. He wanted to have that kind of career at Michigan, win titles, multiple titles, and win a national championship. But also, I wouldn't blame him for going because he's seen, you know, Mel Tucker getting $100 million. He's yeah. seen Brian Kelly getting all the money he is. He's seen James Franklin, who he's beat a bunch of times, get $100 million. And Michigan's asking him to take pay cuts and stuff like that. And yeah, he's donating the money back to the athletic department. So I, I really don't think money's a big thing. But, you know, there, there's a big ego. And if there's someone who has a big ego, it's Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, he wants to be paid his worth, too. He doesn't want to be looked at as, like, Penn State saying that James Franklin's worth more money than Jim Harbaugh, you know. So I don't know. I, it's it's definitely a weird feeling because it's, it's a, again, one of those things where it's like we finally, we kind of talked about it, we finally got what we all thought we were getting with Jim Harbaugh beating Ohio State, a Big Ten title, and, of course, this would be the year that he leaves. It's like, we just, Michigan, we just can't have nice things. We finally have something going, and, and he leaves. Oh, so let's, I just want to throw this out for hypothetical situations in case he does not end up leaving. Who, who do you guys look for as a potential replacement? I've heard the name, listen, I've heard Gaddis. I will drop my fandom as a Michigan Wolverine fan if we hire Gaddis. I just, even with him winning the assistant of the year award, like, I still am like, so he's never going to prove himself to me. And that's kind of, maybe that's more of an indictment on me than it is him. He'll never prove himself to me unless he wins a national championship or this becomes like the most prolific offense in the Big Ten, like in Ohio State. The other people are throwing out McDonald. I like McDonald. He just has no head coaching experience. You walk right into Michigan, I don't think you become the head coach like that. One name that I find interesting that people are throwing out, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I don't love it, yeah. but it'd be kind of funny to see how that would play out. Just no where, way. who do you guys think? Have you thought about that at all yet? I'll, I'll quickly say before you jump in, Ted, I, I'm, I'm with you on the Gaddis thing. It by no, no means would move the needle for me. The only reason I would say, like, whatever, give it to a guy like Gaddis is because hopefully 
he'd be able to like keep the rest of the staff intact. You know, they, they kind of built themselves a pretty good staff of coordinators and assistants. So hopefully he could like keep those guys there, maybe hire a couple other guys to, you know, a little more experience or something like that. But I, the one thing I wouldn't want is for them to go outside and grab someone who then, you know, most head coaches want to bring in their guys. And then, yeah, you see Mike McDonald go back to the NFL. You see some of the other assistants, Mike Hart, you know, goes, takes another job or something like that. That's the one thing I hope if Harbaugh leaves that all of a sudden it's not a rich rod situation and everything just gets blown up. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a, it's a still a plum job in college football and I I'm kind of leaning with Jared that I got a pit in my gut. I think, I think this is the year Harbaugh does move. I hope I'm wrong. I would like to see him stick around for maybe a five year period you know, and then decide if he wants to try the NFL one more time or re- even retire. Because I'd like to see him groom Mike Hart to be the eventual head coach at Michigan. And that's just me yeah. wanting to keep it in the blue. But I have no idea who they would reach out to. Hell, let's get John Harbaugh. The Ravens just lost. Let's bring John Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, speaking of speaking of John Harbaugh, you, you have to wonder. I mean, we, we all know, all, all of us know very well about sibling rivalry uh-huh. you, you guys think that you know harbaugh got to uh jim harbaugh got to a super bowl his brother has a super bowl ring do you think that kind of drives him at all you think you know when they they sit down for thanksgiving dinner and john harbaugh walks in with that super bowl ring you think that kind of makes him like all right, i gotta get back to the nfl i gotta do this i i don't think it's necessarily the super bowl i just think it's like it's just a title in general that's the one thing harbaugh's never done He's won everywhere, but he's never gotten to the apex uh, in college or in the NFL. I mean, it's kind of funny that he lost that Super Bowl to his brother. I know. Uh, but, yeah, I think – I mean, he's, he's uber competitive. They're, they're, like, whole family. Seems like kind of like just a funny family to be around on Thanksgiving where they're probably just wrestling in the living room and talking about football <laughs> all day. Definitely bites at him. And that's partially why I think he is really interested in the NFL because, like I said, uh, like five minutes ago, I really do think that's his best chance to win one in the next like five, six, seven, eight years. I really do. That might be the thing. And that, that might be what he saw with Georgia just beating the tar out of them. Man, I just had a hell of a team and I can't even compete with these guys. So, right. You, you might be onto something. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, definitely. It would be easier if he went to the NFL and picked the right team to win a, win a championship, win a Super Bowl over, you know, the college football national championship. That's just seems to be a lot harder. There's only two or three teams year in and year out that are going to be, you know, capable of winning the national championship the way it's all set up right now. And the NFL, you know, a few draft choices, a few changes, and you can go from worst to first pretty damn quickly, you know. And Harbaugh, he's not an Urban Meyer. He's proven that he can win in the NFL as well. I just hope that uh, he stays, but I think the NFL is right there. And like I said, he has a position of power right now. And don't let anybody kid you. You know, he he sucked it up, like I said. He had to take a pay cut, and we all know that he's a very, very competitive guy. Do you think that didn't just sit there and is constantly sitting there? If, it was, if Michigan would have handled it the proper way and he was their man, they would have forgot all the pressure and just wrote it out and said, you know what, Jim Harbaugh's our guy. We're going to give him a raise. We're not going to cut his pay. <laughs> but that didn't happen. And we're all human, and that had to hurt. That had to hurt him bad. Yep. yep, kind of, kind of like what Penn State did with James Franklin. It's not like he's winning Big Ten titles every year. Right. He's got that one though. So yeah, they gave him a hundred million dollar deal because it's like, who the hell else are we gonna get? You know? Yeah. So it, it, and yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe this doesn't. We we mentioned the Raiders. That seems to be the the one that everyone's talking about. If they keep playing in the playoffs, we might not know an answer for what a week or two. You know? Who knows? Yeah, when you, we're going to find out. And, you know, we've we've read about Miami. You know, they're, what, the owner's a Michigan guy, and he just was quoted as saying he's not going after Jim Harbaugh. Well, that can change pretty quickly. That that wouldn't right. be a bad destination yeah. either. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. The business school is named after him, Stephen Ross. Exactly. Gold is a bad guy for not going after him. If, if Harbaugh gave him a call and said, hey, uh, what about that job? I'm sure he'd be fine taking him. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more NFL and Detroit Lions finished with a bang. And we'll get into that right after this. 
looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, guys, let's talk a little NFL football. This segment brought to you by our great sponsors, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association, and Z92.5 The Castle. First of all, right out of the gate, I know, Matt, you have a long memory. You remember when I was calling for Matt Campbell's head or Coach Campbell's head. Yeah. But uh, I've turned it around. I mean, I really like the guy. I really like what he has put together. And despite the the, the mistakes in some of his game management earlier this season, uh, the team stuck with him and played hard, and they played their butts off in that last game. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for we We've said it over and over and over. This team plays hard. This team plays hard. But when you're sitting here at 2-13-1 and one in the last game of the season against the backups with the Packers, they're clearly yeah. not really playing for anything. Um, you know, you're, you got a bunch of backups with the Lions. I think there's something to be said about this team stuck together because, you know, we I, I was kind of like taking some shots on Twitter. There was a lot of people saying that these Lions, they don't even know how to tank properly because we know if they would have lost – they would have got the number one pick and, you know, people are saying like, they, they can't even tank properly. Like what, this is just what the lions do, but they're out there fighting because Dan Campbell's not laying down. He's trying to establish a culture. He's trying to show that he can actually be a head coach. There's a bunch of backups in there and rookies trying to prove that they can play in the NFL. And, you know, they could have just laid down and been like, you know, who cares? You know, let's just let Jordan love go out there in the second half and beat us. But so I, to that point, I think there's something to be said, about Dan Campbell keeping these guys together and actually playing some pretty good football. Like they actually played pretty well. Well, I'm glad you said Dan Campbell and corrected my Matt Campbell mistake. <laughs> I, listen, I think everyone messes up and says Matt Campbell. You're you're a liar if you've never accidentally said that. Um, I, what is I don't understand why it's 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 annoyed me all year. You know, maybe I'm just narcissistic and just don't want to root for the Lions, or maybe it's just because you guys are a little bit too heavy on the Kool-Aid, which I don't even understand why people are drinking the Kool-Aid. They, they beat a Packers team that was all backups. Why are we acting like this was some, like, rousing victory to end the season? Because it's like the Packers, Campbell. Jared. It's the Packers. It is. I get that. But there's a difference between – there's like they're an entirely different team if Aaron Rodgers is playing and if he's not. And I know he played in the first half, but it was basically a walkthrough. I, I love the trick plays. I love the the fact that I, I will say they haven't quit, but it's pretty rare that a team does quit. I mean, we just saw the Jacksonville Jaguars season from hell, and yet last week of the season they're beating a team that needed to win to get into the playoffs. And you have uh, like the team like the Raiders, another season from hell. They didn't quit. It, these guys are professionals. They don't quit. So if the one thing you're hanging your hat on with Campbell is, hey, the guys don't quit on him. I think that's a problem because no one quits in the NFL. This isn't college football. And the fact that he's just been getting outcoached in the X's and O's this entire year is the one thing that keeps like, it's like the bad thing. Like a, it's like a black spot on his resume. Yeah. He's a good coach knows how to rally the troops knows how to, you know, get some momentum rolling in a, in, in a franchise. But at the end of the day, when you're a head football coach, you have to know football pretty well. And I just still question his, uh, his football IQ. So I just can't overlook that. The couple positives we do have, obviously, Sewell's a great offensive lineman. Amon, Ross, St. Brown, I, this came from nowhere and is a stud. I love him. Uh, but other than that, I really don't know what you hang your hat on with this team other than they, quote-unquote, play hard. I, every team plays hard. Okay, I think there's you know, something to that. You're, you're on to something. You are, but, I mean, look, we had, we had P- Patricia there, right? And now we got Campbell. Okay, who are you going to pick between those two? Right. Obviously, it's Campbell. Uh, the other thing is, I don't care what you say. It was against the Packers and it was against the backups in the second half, but to watch that team celebrate at the end, you know, because they won. I mean, that says a lot to me. I know you're saying they're professionals and, but they were truly excited to get that last touchdown and win that game. And, you know, we talked about what this team needs. Well, they, first of all, they need Jeff Akuda to live up to his draft status and come back healthy. Then they need to draft 
two or three studs this next upcoming draft, whether it's defensive end or whether it's somebody else on offense, but they got to get it right in this next draft. And, you know, we talked about Campbell, some of his game management mistakes. Well, I'll tell you one damn thing. He didn't blow it like the Chargers coach did last (laughs) night. Holy cow. That was, that 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 kept him right out of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole scenario was wild where they, they could have just tied and, Nothing would happen, and, and the Raiders were going well. to do it. Right. That would have been nuts. The fact that that almost actually happened, I feel like people aren't <laughs> talking about that enough. Yeah, like it was kind of funny. Like when you'd read the the like the probability, like hey, if these teams happen to tie, they they'll both get in the playoffs, and the Steelers will get screwed. But we never really thought it was actually going to play out where they could legitimately right. tie. And the fact yeah. that they went to overtime, uh, it was just crazy. Um, but in terms of the the Lions, you you nailed it. It all comes down to draft day. That's what this season has been building to. You know, I, I'm not going to get upset about us being the number two pick compared to the one. There's not one franchise quarterback waiting for us with a number one selection. They need to draft some studs. And with we we with the big trade of Matthew Stafford, this is where we cash in, is this upcoming draft. So we need to draft some studs. We need to draft some immediate, you know, playmakers. I, I guess what is, like, our barometer for success next year? I, I I feel like some people are throwing out playoffs. This isn't going to be a playoffs team, even if we draft, uh, you know, Derwin James in the first round. This is not a playoff team next year. So what is the successful season? I mean, the one thing is the the Bears just fired their head coach, so kind of don't know what's going on there. Hopefully not Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> the Vikings just fired their head coach, so who knows what's going on there. Aaron Rodgers might be off to Pittsburgh or Denver or who knows. So, like, in a way, you could almost say, like, the Lions could be contenders if they make the right signings, I mean, I, I think personally, I think like five or six wins, if they can get up to five or six wins, one thing too, like they just got to get healthy. Like Frank Ragnow, they're basically all pro center, didn't play all year. So hopefully he's back healthy to go along with Sewell. Like you mentioned, you could have a solid offensive line. Um, Jeff Okuda, like you mentioned, you know, I'm, I still hate that draft pick, but <laughs> they've, they've got him. So hopefully he turns into a decent player. Hawkinson, you know, kind of got banged up. So hopefully he can come back healthy. Um, they've got pieces. And like you mentioned, St. Brown looks like a fantastic player. I don't know if he's like a number one receiver. So maybe they do that in the first round. They try and go after some like stud receiver or, you know, sign some free agent. But, you know, they, they've got some pieces. And I, I think like to your point about Dan Campbell, I'm not like totally sold on him. I'm not like all of a sudden this dude is Bill Belichick. I'm just impressed that he kept the guys together. I do think one big thing that we've mentioned before on here, they need an offensive coordinator. They, yeah. they did officially fire Anthony Lynn this year. I'm like, I'm surprised he was even still on the payroll. Yeah. That must've been like super awkward, but yeah. you know, so they need to get an offensive coordinator. It, it's fun watching Dan Campbell do these like ridiculous trick plays and fake punts and going for it on fourth down the most times in NFL history. It's all fun when you're three and 13 if they're actually in playoff contention and he's out there like doing all this crazy stuff, I think people would be pretty upset. So I think you said it before, Jared, I think if he could go into like the head coach, uh, mentor, motivator role, and then, you know, still oversee stuff. I feel like that's his bread and butter, but you know, they, they need to improve the roster. We all know that. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's still a lot of work to be done. I'm rooting for this guy. We're all rooting for him. I wouldn't say it was a horrible season. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's probably the most enjoyable three-win team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Every week was a new roller coaster, whether it was good or bad. I'm going to throw this out there real quick, and maybe I'm just overreacting about something that's not a big deal. I hate that the season was 17 games this year. Maybe it's just because we're all creatures of habit and we hate change. It just it felt like it was a super long year. It felt like a lot more players were getting injured than normal, and that part probably was partially due to like just the COVID uh, guys being suspended for COVID or whatever, but I just hated it. I felt like it ruined fantasy football. The season felt weird. The fantasy football playoffs, like a lot of guys were resting during it. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown ended up being like the most valuable player when yeah. playoffs came around just because they were still like trying to gun it and throw the ball all over the yard. I don't know. I just, I hated the fact that they extended the season. No one was asking for it. If you were going to extend it to 17 weeks, maybe just two bye weeks, not what we dealt with this year. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I just I hated it. I, I, I mean, I go back to 16 games. It was perfect the way it was. I know Ted. I know Ted's feelings. That week 18 was fun. There were some oh, good, good games. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, do you want still have four exhibition games, or you just want to have 16 games scheduled with two buys? I could get that too. But this week 18, 
I mean, this weekend was one of my favorite weekends this whole year in the NFL. It had everything capped off by that Chargers Raiders game, which still yeah. blows my mind. I mean, were you guys watching that? Were you guys watching yeah. that live at all? Yes. I, I had a, my buddy actually called me uh, and, and basically told me to turn it on because <laughs> I, I, the last time I checked the score, they were down by like two scores, the Chargers. Right. Uh, my buddy called me at like midnight, said, hey, you got to turn this thing on. Like it's an overtime. It's might actually end in a tie. Right. Uh, I really wish it would have ended that way because I would have loved to have seen Justin Herbert. He's just a classic gunslinger. Oh, like he can, he Those throw down conversions down the stretch. It's just it was like something out of a movie watching that unfold. So it's it's, it's a shame that they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, especially because, I mean, the Steelers are cool, you know, especially the old school Steelers, but especially because the Steelers got in over them. Yeah. And right. we get to see Ben Roethlisberger limp around the field in the playoffs. But I was, I was going to bring up one thing, Ted, you mentioned how you, you brought up Patricia <coughs> and how things yeah. are different with Dan Campbell and, you know, versus like Patricia. One thing that I did see that that is a difference, Tracy Walker, the, you know, the safety for the Lions defense, he came out and basically said, this is a different culture. This is a different franchise, like backing Dan Campbell. He's changing things that like our, this team is heading in a different direction. That's something that you didn't see under right. basically any head coach. Maybe, you know, some guys, Jim Caldwell, some guys yep. would come out and say, you know, they supported Jim Caldwell, but basically uh, it was the other way around. Everyone was like, this dude, as far as whether it's Patricia Marinelli, you know, whoever was like, this guy doesn't know how to be a head coach. So now you've got players saying like Dan Campbell knows what he's doing. He's he's we're we're going in the right direction. I think that's a positive if there's anything to take out of a 3-13 and 1 season. So let me let me throw a hypothetical on the table. Let's say you guys both love Campbell, you know, even <laughs> though he's shown some clear problems in terms of just the idea of coaching football. Let's say that they go like four or five wins next year. Are you firing him? Let's say they have a similar season, you know, a lot of maybe stuff to quote unquote build build on heading into the off season. Uh, they go three three four five wins. You know, miss playoffs by a long shot. Still like a top ten draft pick. Are you guys bringing them back? Because I, I I mean I think that that's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. And I, it's just rare. I mean we saw a Dolphins head coach get fired after winning eight of those last nine games. Like I just don't think that there's a world where Campbell survives next year with the most likely scenario, which is another losing team. That's a fair question, and and you're probably right. The way things are in the NFL nowadays, if he only picks up one more win next year with all the draft choices he has, and the team coming back hopefully healthy, yeah, he'll definitely be on the the hot seat. I I turn it back to trying to be positive, trying to have good karma. I think this team, and to Matt's point, with all the changes going on in their division. I really think they're set up. They could actually turn this around and be a 500 team or be knocking on the playoff door next year. I really think they can. The NFL, it's not like, you know, college football. In the NFL, you can turn it around pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you if you get the right draft pick, and especially the big one, if Aaron Rodgers leaves yeah, town, that's that would help say. a lot. That's huge. So, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers goes, you know, wherever, that, that would help a lot. I, I feel like they're like three – stars away from being good i am not i don't think jared goff is the guy he's yep. serviceable so like goff can be solid if they can get a legit number one receiver get a couple stars on defense like they can i think they could be sniffing the playoffs next year like what if, if they end up with five six wins would that be enough to fire campbell you know i don't i don't think it's enough to fire him i think it's all about like how do they look? You know, are, are, is he losing the locker room? Is he still making a bunch of boneheaded decisions? You know, stuff like that. But well, I think the I one know. word you, you had in, in your last uh, diatribe is, uh, <laughs> is uh, culture. Yeah. And they have seemed to turn it around culture wise, which we all agree really has been the biggest problem they've had in the whole Ford regime for the most part. I mean, yeah. if he's turned that culture around and they start believing in themselves, and obviously get some talent on that roster. Yeah, uh, they can they can turn it around. I think they so. Could. So what they positions? Could. What would you guys say is like? For me, I'm going defense all the way in this draft. I think we go defensive line with number two pick. Whether if Hutchinson's on the board, I'm taking Hutchinson. I'm going you know linebacker, safety, maybe even corner uh, with the the other two big like high picks we have. 
I do I do like what you said, Matt. I'm never going to complain about drafting a wide receiver. Uh, yeah. But we just got Amon Ross A. Brown in the fourth round. I think that those guys kind of grow on trees a little bit. But the defensive pass rushers, they don't. And so that's yeah. where I'm going. I think we 100% stick to the defensive side of the ball. And I never say that. I never say that. Maybe in the late first round, if Matt Corral or, you know, maybe I don't think Kenny Pickett will be there, but somebody along yeah. those lines is there. Maybe take a quarterback that we can have sit behind Goff for one year and then hand him the reins. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't I hope they don't draft a quarterback in the first couple of rounds just because they have so many other needs. They haven't had a legitimate like crazy T.J. Watt type of game changer on their defense in what, Ted, since, since Chris Spielman? I mean, pretty I mean, much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, Sue had a, Sue had a couple Sue, years, right? Yeah. Sue, but, but you know, like as a defensive tackle, uh, you know, yeah, you, you can, can only, only I so mean, much. unless you're Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald obviously is a freak, but you know, that, that's what I'd like to see. Yes. So I would like to see a defensive end linebacker wins. I mean, Chris Spielman, like the Lions just haven't had that guy on a defense that you're just like, Holy crap, this dude is a freaking stud maybe since Sue, but you know, so that, that's what I'd like to see. You, you yeah. got to go defense. And, you know, I, I do still think receiver. If there's a stud receiver that you can pair with Hawkinson and St. Brown, I think you do that. I think out of the first four picks, you got to go D. If you can slide in a decent receiver there, that's what you do offensively. Uh, I don't know what they got for money to spend on any free agents, but I, I think, think a lot. I think they've got well, a lot. I think, I think Detroit might not look as bad to free agents as it did in the past just because of Dan Campbell. Yep. Really. I, I don't hate the idea of honestly not drafting a quarterback. Let's just build a team like almost like the Indianapolis Colts did. Build a team and then let's just go sign a guy in, yeah. in the offseason. Yep. I don't hate that idea either. I mean, kind of like what the Titans did. Titans built yep. a pretty good team and then went out and got Ryan Tannehill. And now they're like in the playoffs every year. So wouldn't you put yep. Tannehill in the same category as Goff? I mean, Goff's he's way better. Games too. Don't way even better. no way really? better. Really? Okay. <laughs> what did All you right. see from Goff this year that dude, he can't move? The guy yeah. can't move in the pocket. He's Last... got a noodle arm. I not, I mean, he has some fight. I like Goff. I'm rooting for him. But it just, what more do you need to see? I don't he should know. Be Last... backup. Last five games he's played, he's been injured for a couple of games. But last five games he's played, he hasn't looked that bad to me. Serviceable. You're, serviceable. You're, I'll, go, serviceable. I'll go with serviceable. Up, man. I'll go, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you watched one game against the Green Bay Packers uh, JV squad, and you are thinking this team is like the 85 Bears. I love it, man. I, I, you, got the, you got the Lions hat on and everything. I was going to say, you see his hat? Look, Look at, at that, that baby. <laughs> Since Where's 50, the varsity jacket? Since 57. Hashtag uh, since 57. I'm surprised you're not wearing the jacket, too. Oh, no. I got to send that back. It's a little too tight. Uh, okay. That's a cool jacket, though. I thought that was pretty cool. It's awesome. All right. Anything so, else? Anything else on Lions stuff we want to get on the table, boys? I don't know about the Lions, but, like, so we kind of laid it out. Are we excited for the playoffs? I mean, you know, there's some pretty cool matchups. Honestly, like, the biggest thing to me, I would think you guys maybe think the same thing. Maybe a little different. I, I, I'm, i like, pulling for Matt Stafford. Yeah. It'd be cool to see It'd be cool to see Tom Brady win another one. It's always cool to see that. I, I hope Stafford just shuts up the doubters. I hope he goes out there and at least wins a couple games. It'd be cool to see him win a game or two in the playoffs, but it should be fun. I'm with you. The, the, the Rams are my team. I'm watching all the way. It just it, They worry me a little bit because Stafford's getting into some of his habits he had with the Lions, you know, yeah. throwing silly interceptions at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just worries me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pulling for the Rams. I, I don't know. Something about me just says that Matt Stafford's going to have like a back-breaking pick six or a back-breaking <laughs> interception that's going to kind of validate what everyone has been saying around Detroit yeah. for years. That you can't win a Super Bowl with them. Yeah, I, I'm in, I've been kind of enthralled with this man in the arena docu series lately. On I'm pulling for Tom Brady and the Bucks. I just here's the thing about Tom Brady. Other than last year with the Buccaneers, every time he's been in a Super Bowl, it's been like a legendary game. Uh, so just get into the Super Bowl, and from there, all of the chips fall where they may. But the Titans are kind of a hell of a story too. If Derrick Henry comes back and is like lighting it up. That's the story of the of the generation right there. I mean, the guy takes all year off. I just saw a stat today. He was number nine in rushing despite only playing eight games this year. If he came back and has some Derrick Henry type performances, I mean, that'd be cool to see too. Well, it's no, gonna I, be fun. Wild NFL card weekend. They're amazing though, right? Oh, we can all agree on that. Absolutely. Yes. Wild card weekend. You can't beat it, really. And this year we got a Monday night game. Got a Monday night game. I didn't see. Have you guys? Are they doing a Manning uh, Manning cast for that? I didn't see that. I'm not I 100% so. sure. I, I don't know. I mean, 
I think everybody's kind of pulling for it. Yeah. Ted, are you still like kind of the big like you watch Manning cast every week? Every week when they're on, yeah, for sure. It's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. And and right. I and they added to it the last time. Obviously, you know, they had some softball stuff for Roger Goodell, right. but uh I think I tweeted it, you know, hey, the Monday night crew they got, the regular crew, nothing wrong with them. They're 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 good, but give me Manning, Manning, and Snoop Dogg all season <laughs> long on Monday night, and I'm yeah. there every week, and that'd be huge ratings too. Yeah, it would. Snoop quick, goes quick before we sign off. On, yeah, quick before we sign off on the NFL, kind of along those lines. So last Saturday for that week 18, Herbie and Fowler called yep. an NFL game. Where I, I mean, we talk about broadcasters and stuff a lot on this podcast. Where do you guys stand on that? Herbie and Fowler are are fantastic, but calling an NFL game, do you like that? Should they stick to college? Or what do you think? I love it. I yeah. I, I they're the best. They really are, regardless of whether it's college, high school, NFL, give me those two all day. I mean, you never can go wrong with them. Now, there are occasional times where I do like the Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt pairing, mostly yeah. because you got Gus Johnson, who's from Detroit. You have Joel Klatt, who loves Michigan. So I'm never going to complain about them calling a Michigan game. Uh, but, no, I think they really are the best of the best. I, John Madden, from everything I've seen, his all-Madden documentary, he seemed like he was really one of a kind. Uh, but, no, I think Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler are in a – are in a world of their own really yeah. yeah they're they're really good they could they could do nfl without missing a beat but I, I like them right where they're at in college football and helping out once in a while in an nfl game but they are as good as it gets for sure yeah all right guys another fun pod it's been a while since we talked so we had lots to get into but it was a fun one as always and everybody out there listening don't forget follow us at three point pod let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include Pro Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association, and Z92.5 The Castle. And speaking of the castle, our game of the week, Friday, January 14th, the Clio Mustangs travel to the warehouse to take on the Owasso Trojans. Until next time, for Jared Patel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Patel saying so long, everybody, and bye just for now. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.